Well, today was another day of sport, which can be very sexy when you get to watch the Stampeders, the Cowboys, overtake Hamilton. And not to worry, Tom Brady is still every bit as sexy, even though the Patriots lost. Tom Brady still has my vote for the sexiest guy known to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show, the show where we educate men and women about sexual health how it relates to overall health, making relationships the best they can be. I'm your host, Maureen McGrath. I'm a registered nurse. I'm also a sexpert. I have a clinical practice. You can follow me on Twitter. You can tweet me anything you like at back the number two, the bedroom. You can always email me, and you do, and I have a bunch of those emails to read off to you tonight. Sex talk at cknw.com. My website is www.backtothebedroom.ca. Anyway, uh, we are well on our way to the holiday season, and we always think uh, it's so joyful and merry, but for some people, it's it's a very lonely time. Uh, Families can be apart, or you may not be able to uh, travel home for one reason or another, or or often... People suffer loss around the holidays. That can be really hard because now is Thanksgiving as well in the U.S. And um, when you lose somebody so dear to you. So tonight I have a few special listeners out there on the East Coast. Libby and Callie and Kristen. And I have a very special message through a song that I am sending to you to show you my love and to let you know that everything will be okay. Take it away, Kenji. Anyway, thinking of you, and I will be seeing you really soon. Uh, for you know, we think of these holiday season, uh, this holiday season, or any holiday season, and we're all supposed to be happy, and we're not supposed to be lonely. I had an, an email from a listener who spoke about the loneliness, um, pointing out, dear Maureen, this time of the year with less sunshine, more rain, lack of invitations for the holiday parties, makes it a very lonely time. One of these gulls in a lon- is lonely in the flock. Um, you know, it's we have to think of other people and uh, consider what other people have gone through. And there's an organization uh, very dear to my heart and, and also, of course, here at CKNW, uh, an organization that has been around for a number of years and started out helping orphans, um, people who didn't children who didn't have parents, um, kids in orphanages. And, and it's evolved to become a rather large and impressive and incredible organization, and that's the CKW Orphans Fund. And Jennifer Schaefer, the executive director, joins me on the line. Hello, Jennifer. Hi. Good evening, Maureen. Thanks How, for having me. Oh, thanks for joining me. Thank you so much. It's a really uh, important organization that you're running, and we're having the big event this Thursday at uh, the Terminal City Club. And I encourage everyone to come down and and donate, give to the kids. Um, and you do so many things for uh, the CKW Orphans Fund is a multidisciplinary, multifaceted organization. Tell me about some of the projects. Yeah, well, we, uh, I mean, we are uh, a children's charity available for a lot of low-income families who have a child that just needs something extra for their development. So we have a really broad mandate, which makes us a unique children's charity in British Columbia for that. Uh, low-income households, who have a child can apply for funding for things like speech therapy, music therapy, um, specialized medical equipment, educational bursaries, tutoring. Uh, we just funded uh, a stroller the other day for a special needs child who is highly autistic and was, you know, taken off on his single um, mother who also has another young child. And so we have a so we have a really broad mandate, and, and we help uh, families and children on a monthly basis. And that's really what Pledge Day is all about, is that is our number one fundraiser of the year. So we try and raise as much as we can to be able to sustain those families throughout the next 12 months of the year. And it's just amazing. It's an amazing event, and it's, a, and it's an incredible cause. And we, you know, in our busy lives, 
uh, hectic lives. We're running around, uh, balancing family and children and parents and uh, jobs and stress and deadlines. Um, we It's getting harder and harder, I think, for people to stop and think about those who are less fortunate, especially in this sort of consumer-driven world mm-hmm. in which we live. Yeah, and I think People probably, I mean, similarly to myself, sometimes I feel overwhelmed by the need out there. And what can I do to contribute in a meaningful way? And really what I try and think of most of the times is it doesn't have to be something big. It can be something small that you do with a lot of heart and meaning behind it, and it can actually make a difference to other families. So if you're feeling overwhelmed with, you know, everything that's going on, it feels really good to give back, even if it's, if it's, if it's in a smaller way. And, and it doesn't have to be a large donation. You know, you can make, um, you know, a a small donation on December 4th uh, to Pledge Day, and that can impact a family in a great way. It certainly can, and and every $98 uh, donation gets a tax receipt. Is that correct? Oh, yeah. Oh, every donation of $20 or more. Oh, $20 or more. And then actually we have a special offer on Pledge Day. Every donation of $98 or more will get a Michael Buble Christmas CD. Ooh. uh, Michael Buble is a big donor of ours, and uh, and so we were really pleased to be able to partner with him um, in this initiative. And uh, we also have a few other surprises uh, on Pledge Day, but if you, you know, if you call up any time throughout the day and pledge a donation, um, you'll also be automatically to enter to win uh, one of eight $500 gift cards from White Spot, uh, which can buy you a lot of pirate packs or legendary burger bladders. Sure can. <laughs> uh, and we have a special blends deal in the morning as well. We'll be giving away $10.75 gift cards from blends. Um, but we just have, you know, we have an amazing lineup of guests, including philanthropists and business leaders, media personalities, and a lot of the families that we support will be coming down and and speaking about how donors have really positively impacted their lives. So it's a really wonderful day to just have your radio station tuned into CKNW all day. We start at 5.30 in the morning and go to 7 o'clock at night. It it is. It's such a great day. It's such a festive day. Everybody feels great. I've been, I I work with a lot of people and (laughs) every single person that I have been in contact with in the last month or or so since the uh, drive began you know, reminding people, I've told them, come down, bring $98. That's it. I want to see you on that day. I want you with your $98. Yeah, and it's good to know there's a lot of different ways you can participate. You you know, the Terminal City Club is open to the public that day. They've donated all the space and services and catering to us for free that day. Um, and it will be open to the general public. People can come down and kind of, you know, take it in. We've got choirs singing Christmas carols in the lobby, and the Terminal City Club is just beautifully decorated and, in, you know, Christmas. And it's just a really nice way to kick off the holidays. People can also donate online, cknworphonsfund.com, and then on Pledge Day, obviously calling 604-222-9898. Exactly. Well, Jen, thank you so much, and thanks for all the phenomenal work that you have done to uh, raise all of this money, and it, it, every single bit of it goes to a great cause. So, Thank you. Yeah, uh, and thank you so much for your support, Maureen. I'm looking forward to seeing you next week. Yeah, we look forward. It's this Thursday, Terminal City Club, and, and what time can people start to go to the Terminal City Club? Oh, well, we'll be, <laughs> we'll be here at about 5 a.m., Okay. So they're welcome to come down anytime between 5.30 a.m. and 7 and seven p.m. at night. Wow, that's yeah. fantastic. I won't be there at 5 a.m. <laughs> All right, well, I look forward to it. And just come on down and bring your $98 or more. You know, you feel free to bring $9,800 yeah, anyway. Yeah, or less, every little or, bit. Helps. Or $5, yeah. yeah. 
Oh, yeah. Anyone I work with can bring 98 or more. <laughs> 9,800. Anyway, um, yeah, $5, a dollar, you know, every single bit counts, and it's that art of giving and, and that act of giving. And you feel so good when you give back, and it goes to the great organization like the CKNW Orphans Fund. All right, I look forward to seeing you, Jen. Thanks, Marie. Have a great evening. Take care. Okay. Uh, tonight on the show, we're going to be uh, talking about a number of different subjects. Body image, for example. What would happen if you had uh, a skin irritation? I actually wore a patch uh, last year, and it was about you know a, a dia- three inches in diameter, and it was to mimic psoriasis. And people... You would not believe how many people said, ew, oh, look what you have on your neck. Oh, my goodness, is that cancer? I got such a reaction around that. Um, so you can imagine what it's like, uh, especially if you're in a relationship, if you are afflicted with something like psoriasis. And uh, Canada has not done very well on its report card in treating it. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. It's a gorgeous song, Pachelbel, Canon in D major. One of my all-time favorites. Beautiful at this time of year as well. I'm Maureen McGrath. I'm your host of the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. You can email me about any of the subjects that I'm talking about at sextalk at cknw.com. I'm going to be reading some of your previous emails from last week a little later on in the show. I do also have some more of those My Package underwears to give out, but you got to be a big guy. We're going to be talking about bad boys later in the show. Uh, no, Kevin, I'm not going to talk about you. <laughs> Kevin O. Anyhow, um, <laughs> but uh, right now we're going to be talking about, but I do have a special song for you later on, Kevin. Anyway, we're going to be talking about uh, body image. And body image can uh, really impact a relationship. Body image. Uh, I've I've known women who were concerned about a quarter of an inch on their left thigh. I, I and I am not kidding. That is absolutely true. Uh, women who have been diagnosed with uh, disorders at a very young age, reproductive disorders, and that will impact a relationship, or they'll break up with somebody as a result of it. Feel terrible about themselves. I was talking to somebody the other night. But when you have a skin condition, I mean. The skin is the largest organ, not the largest sex organ, but the largest organ, and it can show everywhere. And psoriasis is one of those conditions that can be embarrassing and can really impact your life. And Kristen, Christine Janice joins me on the line. Hello, Christine. Hi. Hi, how are you? Christine is the executive. I'm great. Oh, good. I, you're the, I was going to say you're the executive director of the uh, uh, Psoriasis Association of Canada. Um, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks very much for having me. Oh, you're welcome. Now, when somebody has psoriasis, um, this can be a really life-altering condition. It can be very embarrassing and isolating. What what exactly is psoriasis? So psoriasis is actually a systemic condition. So it's 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 caused by inflammation, and typically, if someone has psoriasis, especially if it's moderate to severe, they also have it internally as well as externally. It's non-communicable. It's often painful. It's generally it can be disfiguring, and it's and can and it can actually also be disabling. And that's actually the the World Health Organization has actually just passed a um, a. Uh, mm, What's it called? A, a, Man, a law or a legislation? A resolution. Resolution. A resolution. Yeah, on on psoriasis and uh, and the effects that it has on people. Is that right? So there's been a recent report card on how Canada uh, is right. doing in its treatment of psoriasis, and and we didn't do too well, did we? 
No, as a country, we did poorly, and as a province, British Columbia actually did very poorly. Um, it's uh, it, what what we looked at, what the Canadian Association of Psoriasis Patients looked at was how easy or difficult it is to access a dermatologist, how uh, easy it is to access things like phototherapy, and how easy or difficult it is to get access to medications. And uh, on all counts, um, British Columbia fails. Ooh, that's never good when we fail. No, no, no. And, and in actually, the British, in British Columbia, one of the worst and most concerning things is that it's really hard to get to see a dermatologist. And dermatologists in BC are, um, are near retirement age, um, and, it, and, and there aren't very many in the pipeline. And BC dermatologists are paid the worst in all of the country. Oh, that's so, too bad. <laughs> and so many of them that graduate from BC actually leave and go to other provinces. Oh, that's, yeah, what a shame. Yeah. Um, so we don't actually have the, uh, we can't provide the services that perhaps other provinces or other countries can provide. Absolutely. And, and when you're living with psoriasis or any skin disease, I mean, part of the, the thing about skin disease, and I'm going to go to body image now, um, when, you, when you've got a, a skin disease, then everybody kind of looks at you and goes, oh, it's just a skin thing. It's not a big deal. So it's minimized on the one hand. On the other hand, if you try and go to a pool or to a spa or you meet somebody new, it, there's stigma attached to it. People don't want to be beside you on the, on the, on the train. People don't want to um, have you in their pool for, for sure. Or hot they tub. don't want to have you in their bed, I think. And, and I mean, to have bed? an intimate relationship with somebody when you have psoriasis, not only it would, would it be painful, I imagine. It can be. Yes. Um, it would also be extremely embarrassing. It, it can be, yeah. So you've got flakes all over, your body's flaking off skin, um, or it's red and, and, and uh, cracking. Uh, and, if those, and if those things are happening in the genitalia, which it can be, which can often be the case. Or even on the chest or on the back or on yeah, the buttocks, back, anywhere, really. Anywhere. Um, exactly. It would be highly embarrassing. When I wore that one three-inch diameter patch, Every single person I know or came across mentioned it, and yeah. and mentioned it with a "ew, what's on your neck?" Um, you, that you you better get that checked. That are you sure that's not cancer? Are you worried about it? You know, every single person uh, commented. Right, and and actually, and if you'd had that sort of in lots of places where you might actually, if you had that on your hands, yes then they wouldn't actually want you touching them. That's right, and people must think it's contagious. There must be a lot of myths surrounding it as well. Yeah, yeah. So, so, and that's what I mean about the stigma. Yes. So when, so, so when you first develop psoriasis, when when it first appears on your body, um, it can it can really pack a wallop in terms of the way you feel about yourself, the way you feel about yourself vis-a-vis other people, your attractiveness. Um, it's uh, it, it can be it, it it can be brutally debilitating, and uh, it's it's actually no wonder that. Um, you know, a third of people who have psoriasis say it's a substantial problem in their lives. Oh, I can and, imagine. And and I'm certain that once I talk a lot about sexual self-esteem, and that's really how you feel about yourself, how you present yourself to the world, your sexuality. And, you know, it, that needs to be in check to have a, a healthy relationship. But with somebody who has psoriasis, I would imagine, um, you know, it would be very difficult to put their best self forward at work, in a relationship, um, at the store even. Now, who gets psoriasis? Um, anybody gets psoriasis. Uh, equally, men and women. Um, I mean, we, we know some babies are uh, some babies present with, with psoriasis right away. 
typically um, you can get it at any time in your life. As, as you know, this is what, what I've been told. But if you have, if you have it, if you don't have it by the age of forty, you're less likely to have it. But typically, it's going to show up in your in your adult years. Okay, one good thing for aging there, I guess. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I I actually have run. We've done some information sessions, and I you know recently ran into a woman who actually got it when she was about. 25. I would imagine. Yeah, I would so imagine every, anytime, there are outliers. Right? Absolutely. Um, and what can one do for psoriasis? How is it treated? And the other question I wanted to ask you, what, what role does stress uh, or lack of management of stress? Because we all have stress in our lives, but some of us manage that stress better. Some of us are better at calming ourselves. Some of us are better at, at compartmentalizing or, you know, have a spiritual approach or meditative. But how for those people who have difficulty managing stress or maybe, um, you know, get, get very upset or get very anxious or can't handle things, how, how does that affect psoriasis? Well, I think it's going to be a one big circle, right? I mean, if you've got psoriasis and, and, and you've got a flare-up, then that's going to make you feel more stressed, and, 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 and then it can just sort of um, spiral. That's it. I mean, I think a, a dermatologist once said to me, there is no disease that stress improves. Um, so, so, so we can, we can, we can know that, um, psoriasis and all skin conditions, I think many skin conditions, not all, many skin conditions are exacerbated by, um, by the stress that we feel inside. I think it's, it's, the skin is like the canary in the coal mine. Absolutely. It it shows what's going on inside. Exactly. Well, thank you so much, Kristen, for joining me tonight and educating us on, uh, the report card. We need to do a little bit better in school on that one. <laughs> on, yeah, so on if anybody's interested in finding out more about how people in BC did uh, vis-a-vis the rest of the country, they can find the report card at canadianpsoriasis.ca. Well, thank you so much, and thanks for uh, putting a, a voice to this condition, which can be so heartbreaking for, for many. For many. Thanks yes. very much, Maureen. Oh, you're very welcome. Uh, yeah, it's tough to live with conditions like that or any other health conditions. Honestly, when you have your health, you have your wealth. I also say mental health is really important, and mental health is created. If uh, one, one night we'll do a show on that. Um, you know, we all have stress, as I mentioned, but uh, it's, it's how you deal with it and how you manage it. Um, and uh, understanding how to do that. So uh, this week, uh, I did my 30th presentation on, I think it was Thursday night, at Black and Blue, and uh, I came out of there, and there were some cowboys standing outside, and we were all waiting for cabs, and, and I had a hot pink suitcase, and one of them said to me, what do you do? And I said, I host a sex show, and he said, I do my own, I have my own sex show. I said, I bet you do, but I'm not interested in seeing it, but hopefully you'll uh, continue on uh, listening to this one. But you know what? It reminded me of the subject that I'm talking about tonight, and that is bad boys, because you can bet that cowboy is likely a bad boy. Have you been in a relationship with a bad boy? Are you married to a bad boy? Have you just left a bad boy, or more likely, has a bad boy left you? When I come back, we're going to be talking bad boys and also good girls. Are there bad girls, or is it just uh, are they just good girls found out? I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. You like it? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Who doesn't like bad boys? <laughs> uh, <laughs> not me. <laughs> they no have their role. They have their place. <laughs> Thank you, Kenji McNabb, for uh, working the controls tonight and uh, every night. 
great technical production here on the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. I am Maureen McGrath. I am your host. Uh, give me a call if you like, 604-280-9898, star 9898 on your cell, or star 9898 on your cell if you want to put my package into your stocking. Uh, <laughs> that's me being a good girl found out. Or <laughs> anyway, um, I have some more of my package underwear to give away, so feel free if you like. Uh, cut down on your Christmas shopping a little bit. Uh, you can pick one of these up for your the bad boy in your life or the good or the good boy, uh, the nice guy, which is sort of the uh, absolute opposite of the bad boy. But sometimes women overlook the nice guy um, because the nice guys can be a little dull and boring, but your life will be a little bit more stable or a lot more stable. Uh, interesting subject from the, the tech producer who I did my promo with this week uh, to everyone I mentioned it to. Everybody was familiar with uh, the bad boy, and everyone had a story to share with me. So feel free to share your story with me. You can give me a call if you have had a bad boy in your life or you get it. Um, uh, I know it's not easy to call into a sex show, um, but but feel free. I don't mind. I'm, I don't bite uh, <laughs> on the air anyway. Um, so we're talking about the bad boys, and you know they're typically in high school. You you meet them, and and uh, as the te- the tech producer earlier this week said, yeah, I just didn't get it. You know, I never understood that in high school. These, these gorgeous girls would go after the bad boy, like the worst guy. They can be aloof. They can be inattentive. Uh, they can be, you know, n- nice is just not in their nature um, or anything related to nice. So what's so great about them? Well, they happen to have tremendous sex appeal. <laughs> they're often really hot looking, scruffy. They're, they're ones that can get away with scruffy. <laughs> yeah, good show, Kenji. Uh, <laughs> you know, that five o'clock shadow actually looks darn good on them. Uh, so they're, and they are comfortable with their sexuality and with who they are. They're usually uber confident and they have a following. So people want to be like them. Their lives are exciting. They live a little bit on the edge. Uh, so that's initially when, when you meet them. But getting into a relationship with them can be uh, really challenging at times because the, the bad boy is more inclined to cheat, uh, not call you or hurt you because in part they're kind of around, you know, they're all about themselves a little bit. And it's 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 really and they've they've gotten a lot of attention. They've garnered a lot of attention. They've had a lot of people admonish them uh, through their life. So they're so they're used to that. But and almost when you are attracted to a bad boy or find one along the way, you think you might be able to change him. You're never going to be able to change him, by the way. Um, You actually. Get you got to get set up for a roller coaster, and that's what a lot of women said. And a lot of women told me that um, they. I, I was actually in a fashion show this week, <laughs> and uh, I said I was going to be talking about that. And and so many of the women said that they had in fact had relationships with bad boys, but they chose to end up with uh, the nice guy. There are you know with nice guys there are no surprises. If there are surprises, they might be surprises in good ways. Um, 
you know, although you're attracted to, and there can be some negativity surrounding the good boys as well. The bad boy seems to have the confidence, the independence, and that adventuresome, you know, rebellious spirit. And some uh, traditional guys or some nice guys may have that as well, but that's usually associated with the bad boys, and the bad boys can can definitely uh, hurt you. Um, it's going to be a fun relationship, and if you know that going into it, um, and, you know, I'm someone who loves to have fun, so I can appreciate fun, but do have the fun while it lasts, and that's the operative part of that sentence is having fun while it lasts. You have to rev up that fun factor, in fact, um, and and enjoy the experience of dating instead of stressing about about the outcome or the things that may happen. In fact, if you anticipate that it might happen, that might be a lot uh, easier because you're never really sure what it's going to be. You really don't know what they're going to come up with um, in order to to hurt you. That is going to be very hurtful, and they, they might lie um, and... You know, and I'm, we're not talking about bad boys like Gian Gameshi. He is criminal, allegedly. Nothing's been proven in court. But the behavior that he demonstrated was aligned with uh, criminal behavior. Of course, it's alleged behavior. It's not, um, it's not uh, proven, and he still is entitled to a fair trial and due process. And, and I'm certain that will happen. But that's not the bad boy that we're talking about. We're just talking about the relationship bad boy. Um, you'll, you'll get a boyfriend um, if you play it right. But you also have to learn how to, what to do, uh, how to deal with uh, the dating of a bad boy. And it's a great, it can be a great learning experience. It can be, if you approach it like a playful, fun game, that can also be uh fantastic as well. We learn so much from, from dating bad boys. We, we learn what we will tolerate in a relationship and what we won't tolerate in, in a relationship. But the most important thing is don't be fooled because bad boys can be exceedingly difficult to spot because they ooze charm. They are so charming. That's why everybody loves them and everyone is attracted to them. They almost can create an addiction in a woman. She'll, she'll put up with a lot, but, but it's not necessarily healthy to put up with the kind of behaviors like cheating and, and seeking other women outside of your relationship, especially if you've got a couple of kids at home and, you know, two people working and, you know, trying to pull it all together and, um, you know, the other um, thing I wanted to talk about was there, you know, this divorce happens so much. And one of the most common things I hear from women is about his ex-wife. And uh, there's a case in the news now with Tori Spelling, who, if you recall, Tori Spelling, she was married to Charlie Shanayan. He's a producer in Hollywood that I happen to know. Anyway, I don't like to name drop, but anyhow, <laughs> um, yeah, it's a really small world. But anyway, he's from the East Coast. And uh, so she was married to him, and she cheated on him with um, Dean McDermott, who was married to Mary Jane Eustis. Anyhow, Mary Jane uh, Eustis was uh, with David McDermott for 20 years. They, she thought they'd had a good relationship. I think it was around 20 years. It might have been less than that. But anyway, there, there were allegedly no problems in her relationship. 
and David McDermott cheated on her and left her for Tori Spelling. And there was Mary Jane, I had seen her interviewed on a number of occasions, and she was heartbroken, and she said about the relationship, she had no idea, and she and Tori had never spoken. Well, now David McDermott is, Dean McDermott, sorry, is cheating on Tori Spelling. I also went to school with a David McDermott. Anyway, <laughs> he's not famous, though. Uh, anyway, Dean McDermott is cheating, allegedly, on Tori Spelling. And so Tori went and spoke to Mary Jane Eustace. And I actually think that's the most wonderful thing a new wife can do or somebody who's thinking about marrying a divorced guy is to go and to speak to the ex-wives because that's where you're going to learn the most about him, especially if you have some red flags about this guy, his behavior, his he may be controlling or he may um, have some episodes of rage or he may cheat. And you'll see that the patterns of behavior repeat themselves. And and so that is actually, no women do that. Mostly what, what, what women will say to me is, uh, you know, his ex-wife is crazy. His ex-wife is, did this. His ex-wife is awful. She, she treated him horribly. But, you know, that's his side of the story. And, of course, that's what he's going to say because that's what he wants you to believe. Anyway, there's um, lots to be, you know, you really want to have an open mind and, and go into uh, a relationship in the healthiest of ways. And, and anyone who gets divorced or, or separates or breaks up a relationship You really need to look at yourself and you need to look at the patterns of behavior that contributed to the breakup or the demise of that relationship. And because that will only help you to have a better relationship the next time, should you choose to do that. It's really difficult to look at ourselves and look at what our problems are. But you do a whole lot more good for your relationship and your health if you take a mirror, look at yourself, and, and actually understand what what you did to contribute what has gone on in the relationship and that it's not necessarily somebody else's fault when we blame somebody else we it's it's never it's never good it's never healthy playing the blame game but looking at ourselves and understanding what none of us are perfect and and definitely understanding that that you're not perfect that there's always room to grow and to develop and to have a healthy relationship. Also, if women, this is common too, women think, I'm going to change him. He may have cheated on her, but he's not going to cheat on me. Wrong. You can never change somebody else, but you can change yourself. And um, you will never, don't even bother trying to change the bad boy ways, but do try and change yourself. Uh <laughs> Do try and change yourself, because if you change yourself, you can change somebody else. Now, I'm not going to try to change Ben. Hello, Ben. (laughs) I have Ben on the line. Yeah. Hey, Ben, how are you? Not bad, just listening to your show. Are you? But I have to uh, make a little correction here. Yes, go right for it. You're not exactly a male. Not exactly, no. (laughs) Uh, Most males have a radio or TV show called Hostess, and uh, ladies are always called Hostess, aren't they? (laughs) I stand corrected. Yes, I'm the hostess of the mostest sexist (laughs) show in the city. (laughs) Sexist. (laughs) I'm not sexist. Maybe I am sexist. I don't know. Anyway, you're right, Ben. You are right. (laughs) I realized that a couple weeks ago when I was listening to that. I'm going to correct you, baby. 
<laughs> we're gender neutral. No, she's a hostess. Thank you. Even with this deep voice, you know I was a woman. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm actually a widow of 35 years. Uh, oh. Yeah. You were married for 35 years? Uh, yeah, in a relationship for 35 years, and I had 35 years of the best of my life. Oh, and so this must be a tough time of year for you, the holidays. Uh, yeah, just about, yeah, exactly on Sunday of April 13th. Oh, of April 2013, that's when yep. you lost your wife? Yep, yep. Oh, uh, what was her name? Uh, Margaret. Oh, that's, oh, I'm sorry for you, Ben. Oh, well, these things do happen. You know, you just got to push on, push on. You do have to push on, push on. And, you know, a sign of a healthy relationship is getting into another relationship. So hopefully That's you'll right. be... That's well, right. You know, I'm actually a member of a big club, and I'm quite happy in it, too, so... No problem whatsoever. Oh, that's fantastic. I'm moving on, yep. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, you got to enjoy life. Life is short. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Did you want to win some underwear? Is that why you called? <laughs> oh, okay. Well, why not? All right. What the heck? Okay. Uh, you can leave your information. Ben will tell you where to uh, pick it up, okay? I mean, Ben. Ben G. Kenji. Kenji. <laughs> I'm losing it tonight. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much for your call. All right. When I come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about the bad boys, but also about bad girls. Are there really good girls gone bad? I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. Welcome back. I am Maureen. I am your hostess. <laughs> With the mostess of the With C- the most. <laughs> Thank you, Kenji. It's better when someone else says it than me. <laughs> anyway, I I was kind of thinking like that, like somebody might call me out on that one. I, that has crossed my mind before that. But I, I, I try to say I host the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. Anyway... I am Maureen. Uh, I'm also a nurse. I also do some business development as well. Uh, so I, I do a lot of consulting and medical marijuana industry and biopesticide industry. So you might not know that, but I also have a clinical practice as well. So you can always email me if you would like to make an appointment and sort out your relationship or your sexual dysfunction issues. I would like to read a couple of emails. Um, the first one is uh, from... I'm not sure who it's from. Anyway, dear Maureen, sometimes people don't sign them, and that's okay. Dear Maureen, I've only listened to your show a few times and found it very interesting. My girlfriend has tossed me under the bus again, and this time it is a bit more serious than usual. Our relationship is excellent, but there is no bedroom life, and now there is none. She wants to hang out but wants me to sleep on the couch and has taken this take-it-or-leave-it attitude. We've been going together for over eight years and live separately except on the weekends. We enjoy golfing, going to movies, other activities, and have traveled extensively all over the world. I am very sport-minded, playing hockey and squash, not sure what I should do, or maybe I am blind to the facts and just need a cup of reality. I don't mind hanging out and sleeping on the couch, but should I just throw in the towel and move on to someone that doesn't mind having sex? now and again, or at least at a functional level. Maybe it got worse when she went through menopause. She is very normal and very honest, and I have been in couple problem relationships that were totally opposite to this, and that is mostly why I'm attracted to her. Please help. Wow. Uh, Actually, this person did entitle this functional dysfunctional relationship. I would say a little bit more leaning toward the dysfunctional side um, on this one. It's and, and I also find it really curious that you say we have a great relationship, 
but she wants you to sleep on the couch and has taken a take it or leave it attitude. She's tossed you under the bus. Um, she's done it before, so she's kind of batting around with you. It, to say your relationship is excellent, but there's no bedroom life is is an oxymoron, really, or uh, quite the juxtaposition. So, well, no position. Anyway, I, I do have a great position for you. I'll mention that later. Anyway, maybe you should try that. Uh, the Cowboys reminded me of it. Anyway, um, but I think that, yeah, I don't, I mean, it, you don't have a problem in a relationship unless you feel you have a problem. And it sounds to me like you feel you like you have a problem and you are very much entitled to a healthy sexual relationship. There are certainly times in life when uh, that women go through where um, they may not feel like having sex after the birth of a baby, after... And also there may be, um, it may be associated with pain because the estrogen receptors decrease at that time or also perimenopause or menopause. The estrogen receptors can, can decrease in the vaginal tissues and the urogenital tract, in fact, and also the vaginal tissues. And that can lead to painful sex. And couples don't talk about it. They, they, um, it does affect their intimate relationships. And a woman is embarrassed about it. It can feel like sandpaper. It can be very painful. Nobody wants to do anything that is painful. So if it is related to menopause, it may be a condition called vaginal atrophy. But there's no intimacy, it sounds like here. It doesn't sound like you're actually doing much together and, and definitely not um, even cuddling, uh, staying in the same bed. So I, I may, I would definitely talk to your um, girlfriend about this and tell her how it makes you feel. And and to me, it doesn't sound like the healthiest relationship ever, but don't give up. Uh, you can always get some help around that. And there's lots of clinicians and psychologists and sexologists uh, that can help you. I'm certainly happy to uh, in, indulge you a little bit more in terms of getting um, help around that. Uh, here's another email. Maureen, size matters if this is one of the only thing that you have to offer. As one woman might be able to offer the quality to have children whilst another isn't able to. This will matter to a man who wants children. The same with money, lifestyle, security, personality, height, breast size, excitement, quality of sex, beauty, and all over attractiveness, family relationship dynamics. It's almost endless the number of qualifiers that we each need to start out happy in a relationship. The number of disqualifiers that it takes to exclude a person from being considered for a partner are far fewer i could be it could be the lack of kindness or stubbornness age religious conflict whatever we used to exclude others are greater and more important than qualifiers but the less you have of the qualifiers the less selection you will have p.s the male member does can shrink or is not able to reach its former glory in length and girth as he ages survey your clientele both men and women seek the truth okay i'll be asking about that it reminds me of something in the office Recently, I said to a woman who was having painful sex, I said, um, how big is your husband? <laughs> she said, oh, should I go get him? And I'm like, well, no. <laughs> she said, he's in the waiting room. And, and you can see. And I said, no, no, no. <laughs> I don't want to know how tall he is. I want to know his penis size. And I really don't want to look at his penis. Uh, that's not what I'm at. Anyway, communication is key, especially in a healthcare relationship. Um, I did have another email as well. Somebody was trying to email me last week and the messages weren't coming through, but then he finally did. And he said, hi, Maureen, I will apologize for some of what I said. You seem very well spoken person. Just example, if I was to be sitting around with, with, say, my 80-year-old mother or 26-year-old daughter or just a new girlfriend, that would feel quite a little bit odd, I think. The other thought is, I gather listening to a sex show, the other thought is really not directed at you. CKNW, to me, have really, I think been making some weird personnel changes from early afternoon on and timing for your early Sunday night schedule. 
I don't know that's family dinner night if Sunday a lot later I guess would be a little better things are fine and again I apologize take care Jim thanks Jim uh you know it's uh oh it's uh clinical here okay <laughs> I try to be evidence informed and present this in a way that everybody can listen to it um, and, and with a little bit of sense of humor anyway we're going to go to a break and uh, when I return I have a special message for somebody I'm Maureen McGrath the hostess of the CKNW Sunday night sex show I say a little prep for you forever and ever I stay in my heart and I that is a version by the talented Natalie Cole, daughter of Nat King Cole. I think it's a very cool version of that song. You know, we all have troubles in life, and uh, when we go along this gravel road, as I like to say, and, and whenever I had troubles, and I've certainly had my share, I and, and if I went to my father with those troubles, he would always say to me, I'll say a little prayer for you. And it always was a comforting notion for me. So... Uh, tonight I want to end. I want to end the show with this song for somebody really special, and uh, I'm sending you off with a little prayer. And uh, so you'll be missed. And uh, anyway, until next week, I hope you all have a great week. I am Maureen McGrath, and you have been listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. I'm saying a little prayer for you. <laughs>